pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready. Aaron McGathy. <laughs> you are listening to This Feels Terrible, the podcast. Um, this week on the show, I am so excited to uh, welcome my new friend, Dr. Kevin Hainline, who is an astronomer. He's, uh, he's, he's a pretty magical person. I met him this last week and uh, immediately wanted to have him on the podcast. We have a great conversation. He is a super massive black hole expert. He's currently a researcher at Dartmouth College. Uh, he does sky shows uh, for people of all ages. He's really awesome and accessible. He also is into Nintendo. <laughs> uh, but we have a we have a great we have a great talk, and I want to get to it. So please enjoy this interview with Dr. Kevin Heinlein. I think that it's it's really weird. So I'm I'm a I'm a to, to just as nerd cred like I'm a I'm a I have a PhD in astronomy. So I'm mm-hmm. a scientist, and yes. I'm I'm like I'm as I'm just as pure nerd as they come. Like, you're you're post PhD exactly. Yeah, right. I, I didn't PhD even know that was a thing. Yeah. yeah, and I'm a postdoc is the term we we call it, and it's essentially. Uh, it's what you do before you get like if you want to go into academia, you have to go through this period of time where you just do research and you're paid a very small amount of money and you are at a university. So you're um, and is there a moment when they're like, welcome to academia? You are officially oh, no, an academic because no. I thought you're just an academic. If you you're, are... you're an academic, you can call yourself, you can call yourself an academic whenever you want. Right. But you are uh, you get an, a job. You like apply for jobs. And the thing is, the way that it works is there's like there are zero jobs. At, a, at any given time, and there right. may be one, you know, like one, you know, like it, it squeaks out, and then like two hundred people apply for that, Dude. and because it's a what is that called a buyer's market? Because it's a <laughs> buyer's market, like the university can just be like, like, um, everyone applies, and we're just going to accept the five most prestigious. And right. so, if you are like me, I'm not, I'm not nearly as smart as other astronomers are. I meet astronomers who are one hundred million times brighter than I am. And when you meet these people, in stars, what would you say? Like you're a oh, Beetlejuice, I'm, and they're a I'm a red dwarf, <laughs> okay. and they are they are an Eta Carina. Like they are just okay. output, like just that. Now I get it. Yeah, <laughs> perfect. Uh, Eta, I'm not going to try to explain. Eta Carina has these outflows. It, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> and um, and what that means is is that is that they can just choose those five people. And those mm-hmm. five people deserve those jobs because they've worked their butt off. And they're also naturally smart. I'm just like, like I just you know, I just hustle on the side. Like I just try to work as hard as I can to make right. up for the fact. How but, do politics work in that? Like is there any sort of, because it's scientists and scientists aren't known for their social grace. Like is there any kind of... Well, what, the way that it works is that um, 
in part, it's do people know you? And in part, mm-hmm. it's who do you know? Like I was in a conference in Croatia a couple weeks ago and like I hate it makes me feel so icky to like go up to a scientist who I know and be like, oh, oh, oh my name is Kevin. I wrote some papers. <laughs> I, I really like your work. You should it's, probably uh, use your real voice then uh, instead of that Muppet voice. <laughs> <laughs> that is the oh, is that the. Th- uh, yeah. Um, it just feels like I've got all the Muppet voices when I talk to these people because I write I these tiny, you. tiny little papers that are not nearly as important. But that means that they can be very, very picky. And so there's very, very few jobs. And if you want to get a job, like that that also means that like every important astronomer in my life who I've had worked with has mm-hmm. gone to like Harvard and Caltech and Harvard and Caltech and Harvard or Oxford or Cambridge and Harvard and Caltech. Like they, it's just, those are the ways you get in. You want to yeah. go to and be an astronomer at a big name university. You have to go through the big name places. And like, I, I work hard, but that's what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so I am, I'm a, a middling astronomer. Uh, and I don't know why we started talking about this now that I think about it. Uh, I'm a middling astronomer and, <laughs> and, uh, I try to make do on the side by just doing things that other astronomers don't do. Like other astronomers don't really care much about the sky on the whole. Like they don't care about the constellations. Like right. why would, yeah, why would they? <laughs> well, I know, please explain because oh. I mean, I'm not an astronomer. I would assume that like, like you, you would care a lot about the well, constellations. Well, constellations are, are. But, oh, because it's like m- mythical. Yeah. Like, well, it's constellations more, are like... like what the Greeks did to like. Like, right. if you are a geologist, do you care about state lines? No. You just care right. about what's in the state. Like, you care that, like, you can go to Utah and, like, gotcha. there's the, the jo- rock deposit you, you want. So, when you, when the you talk to astronomers... The human history part of it isn't, oh, like... Right. Not, not even that. Just the stories. Like, the most mm-hmm. romantic part about astronomy that most people associate with, people that, that come to you, like, and say, oh, you're an astronomer? Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I remember seeing the Northern Lights and, oh, Ryan's my favorite. And, like... <laughs> Pure astronomers are like, I don't know. I, 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 all I care about is like this field in, in the constellation of booties. That's like this tiny little thing. And all right. I, and like you ask them to go out and point to it. If I asked hundred astronomers to go out and point to booties, 10 of them could like this constellation that yeah. I showed, you know, that, that, that that's fairly simple to find, but it's just, yeah. they, you just get caught in your own little niche. Gotcha. Um, so I try to do that because I ran a planetarium for years and cause I run out reading sky shows like that. Um, and your niche is black holes. Yeah. I, I, my, my, my focus, of my research is not just black holes, supermassive black holes. Mm. Um, so I look at galaxies. Is anybody into tiny little baby black holes? Yeah, there are. There oh, are. Really? Like okay. there's there's people who look at like solar mass black holes and what they do and and mm-hmm. and the little tiny ones. Um there are there are physicists who like try to think about like what would happen cuz this is the thing everyone when you when you hear about um, the large hadron collider and stuff, you get these like particle accelerators. Which I I am so sick of hearing about that. Yes. <laughs> I'm if just, I I'm could kidding. go <laughs> another like, you know, like 10 years of having to hear about the Higgs boson, I would be so <laughs> happy am i allowed to curse on this on this yeah audio? yeah yeah please fuck the higgs boson <laughs> what attracted you to to massive black holes um uh so the also seems uh like very obviously love and sex related which <laughs> a good transition well it's, it's i know so you probably know some some women who you would call massive black holes I, I not to their face uh <laughs> um some people i i i would uh, yeah but like no it's actually here's here's let's let's transition this way um uh, supermassive black holes are interesting to me because they reside at the centers of most massive galaxies. And I mm-hmm. can throw the citation out, but I'm not going to. Uh, this is like the first paragraph of every paper I've ever written has like this, like, uh, the reason you, in your first paragraph of your paper, you always write like a, a background to like mm-hmm. why you care about this. It's always like, like, with the recent discovery that supermassive black holes inhabit the centers of every massive galaxy. <laughs> um, but, but what that means is when you feed a black hole, it doesn't mm-hmm. just fall right in. It has to give up a lot of energy. And so it, generally through friction, it will essentially give up a huge amount of its gravitational potential energy 
into light. And so what this means is that in the very centers of most massive galaxies, when they're the black holes eating, it's just shooting a shit ton of light out into the universe. And so I like to say when I talk to the public that like these are the divas of the universe. Like these are like the mm-hmm. like the Mariah Careys of the universe. Like there's a <laughs> lot of galaxies, they're all doing their thing, and then there's just some that are just like shooting a just like the way with some of these were initially discovered was you just only saw the light from the black hole. The rest of the galaxy's light was completely squashed by just it's light. so crazy that the black hole gives off light. Because it's, it's most like... people don't think about this, and it's not like from the black hole. It's just from the fact the black hole acts like an engine. Like right. it's just the gravity pulling. This is all from outside of it, and it just shoots out more light in total than the rest of the galaxy combined. This is the nerdiest, the nerdiest thing. No, it's great. Uh, I love it. I, and I, I immediately want to make connections between that and like what kind of person that is. Like the person that you think is 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 giving oh. off a lot of joy, but really they're just devouring other people. So. Yeah, because that's exactly what it is. It's exactly like you you eat like like one to ten solar masses, like entire suns every single year in order to continue fueling <laughs> this. And like sometimes you're on and sometimes you're off and sometimes Holonotes, you're on and sometimes uh, we're, we're more into black holes than I thought. Man eater. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, you make my dreams come true. It's true. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, the so so supermassive black holes that light can affect the galaxy, and that's what I look at. My my entire research is looking at how that light can like light up an entire galaxy, gotcha. um, light up the gas about the galaxy and stuff. Or what can that like stop stars from being formed? Because this is the other thing. Now this is getting at more metaphors. Like there's a lot of theory that has been said that when this light hits gas, it heats that gas up and prevents that gas from cooling down and forming new stars. Mm. So. If you have the black hole fueling, what that effectively can do is shut down star formation throughout a galaxy. That's the theory. Star information? Star formation. Just stars Star formation. Born. Okay. Yeah. I thought you said star information. Yeah. Star, okay. yeah, star, okay. formation. star formation. Got it. Sorry. I, I'm very no, no, fast. It's okay. I'll slow down. No, no, no. Don't um, slow down. So, so Don't slow down. Okay. <laughs> All right. If I slow down lower than 50 miles an hour, I will explode. Uh, so the, the galaxy, our galaxy, the Milky Way, has about one to two stars being formed every year. Okay. And... Um, and how big are they when they're formed? Like, do- well, it depends. So, so when stars and are formed- for all our listeners and to remind us all, like, what what is the definition of a star? Okay, a star is just a big cloud of gas that is fusing, taking hydrogen. Very, very simple thing. You know the periodic table, big nerd mm-hmm. chart. One thing at the top. The only things I care about. If you're an astronomer, you only care about the thing in the top left corner and the top right corner, and everything else you just call a metal. Uh, top left corner is hydrogen. Right. Top right corner is helium. Everything else is just a little tiny bit extra to the universe. So it's all hydrogen. You take hydrogen, you squish it together to make helium, and then you suddenly get a star. And that that mm. process requires a lot of heat, and it produces a lot of energy. And so if a star, if an object that's mostly helium is doing that, our Jupiter mostly helium doesn't do that. Hmm. Okay. It's not big enough. Can't doesn't have enough pressure pushing down to get it hot enough. Okay. This process. This, there's a reason we don't use fusion. We talk about cold fusion because. Fusion is something that requires a lot of heat and pressure, and we just can't make that on the Earth, except in tiny, tiny little bits where we shoot lasers and other stuff. But stars do it. And so a star, when it's born, it's born with a bunch of brothers and sister stars uh, to, to be anthropomorphic uh, and a big gas cloud called a nebula. The gas cloud collapses. You make a bunch of stars. Some are really big. Some are really star, small. <laughs> some are really star. Yes. <laughs> some are not star. <laughs> so, some are um, – like our sun was, is like – Goldilocks, like a not too big, not too small, just right. Okay. Uh, and um, you sounded so Italian. Yeah, is it just right? Is it a bit? Is it too hard? It could be too big, or could have been too small. Instead of the star, it's just perfect. All right. All right. Side tangent. Are there any fun Italian astronomers? Oh my, there's so many. There are because of they skip Galileo. That's exactly. I think. I was just in a conference in Croatia, and it was 90% Italian astronomers. Really? And That's so I, fun. The CFA, the Harvard CFA, has, like, just so many Italian astronomers. And it, there's, like, there was a time last year. Oh, this is the best. I was sitting across from another postdoc at Dartmouth who was Italian. And she's, like, a very, very, very important astronomer. And she would just bring all these Italians in uh, to office. And she's sitting in the office, uh, and the Pope's about to be elected. Mm. 
And I didn't realize this, but in Italy, that's like a big deal. That's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah. like the World Series and the Super Bowl combined. Like, it's a new pope. And she's like looking, <laughs> she's looking, she's watching her Italian TV, and she keeps looking up at me and looking up and be like, okay, there's a micro movements of the drapes because they were like, there was a camera just focused on the drapes, waiting for like the old pope men to come out and be like, we have a new pope. Yeah. And like, anytime like a wind would brush them, like she'd like stand up and walk around the room, and, and she was like, she had like dogs in the fight, like, oh, I want, I want the, the this guy to be the pope and not this guy. And then when they announced that, 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 that uh, Argentinian guy, she was like kind of disappointed, but like only because he wasn't her exact. Is she a devout of... Catholic? And I don't really know. Right, right. Because that this gets it to, to, to scientists. Is that scientists? Um, they're just super skeptical. This is sure, this is yeah. That's so surprised that there are all these astronomers. Yeah. That but it's just, it's just, it's like celebrity watching. Like the mm. Pope is. Right, right. I mean, Vatican City's right there, so like the Pope is just a big deal. But like her freaking out. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of Italians, and you give you you have these talks from Italians, and it's really hard. I I had I had a, a girl I dated, and anytime I would like feel compelled to like do a voice like mm-hmm. i realized that that pretty much all ethnicity voices are so racist but you can mm-hmm. do italians so i would always be like <laughs> i'd be like oh man that guy down at the dmv he was just like he's like oh, i don't want the you need a better form <laughs> really even yeah. if it was in a different accent oh, all different just... accents just because you, it's okay <laughs> italian accents totally fine and i can say that because i uh, listeners at home i'm mostly italian like so i i, I feel it's okay right <laughs> sure I well i mean and there's a difference between our between like a mammy voice and like oh, doing yeah. like what you yeah. think some, someone sounds yeah, anyway sci- digress. yeah scientists don't don't uh don't do a good job thinking about that sort of thing actually like i right. I, I i ran a, an improv class once with some professors at a college i went to and one of them like came out with this like character like i was like okay do a character and they came yeah. out with asian dialect character yeah and I, like, that's had to take that's no good. and be like we don't do that yeah, you know, you don't do yeah. That. that's no that's no good but um but I think we were talking about stars. Oh, anyway, stars yes, are born we of, different, talking, yeah. of different sizes. Some are really big, some are really small. Goldilocks. Some are, some are mm-hmm. just right. Uh, and so when baby stars are formed, they're formed across a huge a huge range of masses. And we call this the, the, we call the, the, the mathematical definition the initial mass function. If you ever, by the way, at a science talk, an astronomy talk, and you want to sound smart, ask, what would happen if you change the initial mass function? Because that's like the smart <laughs> question that applies to almost every bit of astronomy. And like, it always has provokes an answer that like, is like, oh, an interesting answer. Like, that's what I learned. And it's, it, I've used it like two or three times. And people that's like, that's always a really good question. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, so when stars are born, uh, the really big ones are the ones that are going to eventually die and collapse and form a black hole. And if you, and, and that some people study those types of black holes from, from one star. I study ones where millions and millions and millions of stars will have fed this over mm-hmm. a long period of time such that it's huge millions of times the mass of our sun and that has the gravity to to produce all this incredibly powerful light off into space and that's what i study so supermassive gotcha. black holes how they can affect the galaxy how they can turn off the process because in order to make those stars the gas has to collapse down to make the stars to be cool enough to far, to make the stars and if you just blow all that gas away no more no more gas no more stars i mean mm-hmm. there's a reason why our galaxy only has like two stars that formed every year and it's partially because it ran out of gas and maybe it could be from the actions of the black hole in the center it's it's difficult. It's, our black hole in the center is not active right now. It's pretty pretty boring. Don't tell the people who are at UCLA who study that for a living. But I find it pretty boring. <laughs> not how how is it possible for for a black hole to not be active just because there's not well, enough gas? Yeah. Like it's not turning the engine of once the black it runs hole. out of gas, it 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 doesn't it can't you know and 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 that gas is not infinite right or maybe mm. it turns itself off like if it's producing enough light it's it it, it has this feedback right like a thermostat like once the ther- once the thermostat uh, once the thermostat uh, like registers that it's hot enough it turns off the air conditioning and so right. like as the gas falls in on the black hole and it pushes all that light out it just pushes the gas that's fueling itself out it shuts itself off is there a name for our black hole um 
Is it just Milky Way galaxy black our hole? Our black hole is our black hole is called Sagittarius A star, and it's because it's in the uh. constellation of Sagittarius, and it is a ra- it was initially identified as a radio source. I think maybe the first radio source, which is why it's called A star. There's some astronomers who are listening who are freaking this shit out. Uh, I think that's. What <laughs> I wonder how many astronomer listeners I have. Uh, you got one. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, so, right. and I, I I assume probably a whole bunch. Astronomy is uh, and like what's what I found is that like everyone has this like innate like well I, I like astronomy you know you, yeah 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 a, of course a, yeah and so there are people who know why exactly I know why it's called Sagittarius A star. The woman who discovered is at, is at UCLA and she's incredibly wonderful. Um, but um, it's summer, so you can actually go out and look at towards where Sagittarius A star is. Uh, most other black holes don't. Um, little ones do. Cygnus X1 is one of the first uh, black holes ever discovered and it's in mm. the constellation of Cygnus and it was an X-ray source which just has the X there and um, and that is but most galaxies you just call it the black hole in such and such galaxy the black hole in NGC uh, 6151 or something like that and and, gotcha. you know. and there's a cottage industry of measuring how big those black holes are and there's a huge huge industry in like some of the most cited papers are ones that look at how the stars around the black hole like in a big big region around the black hole are affected by the mass of the black hole and like which is which is essentially like saying like how like the amount of water in a water bottle right here in this office is the affects the speed of cars driving on the freeways through Los Angeles. There should be no relationship, and there right. is okay. there is a, a tight relationship between black hole mass in a galaxy and the stars moving, and that's absurd. That's absurd, but it indicates that they probably were formed at the same time. There's a lot. This is this is heavy duty gross science. <laughs> what is it like? Um, what is it like dating as a scientist? Um, and what is it like dating a scientist? Yeah, those are, those are the exact. I was about to think. It depends on whether or not you're dating a scientist or not. So scientists, the 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 stereotype of scientists is that they don't want to talk with people of the opposite gender and they're super right. socially awkward. They don't want to get their coats dirty because their coats are so white. Exactly. Yeah, they don't want to spill anything on them because when they when they get turned on, only. their glasses fog up. <laughs> Yes, and they, and they get so sweaty they they slip down their nose and have to constantly pushing. Them oh, yeah, up. and yes. if they're holding a beaker, then it, oh, like shatters. overflow. Yeah, it shatters yeah. or yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That makes more sense than what I was going to say, which is that it just like boils over and there's like steam that comes out of the beaker, <laughs> <laughs> um, and that you're kind of like attracted to equations and mm-hmm. things, like literally attracted to objects. Their, their suspenders just go snap, and you know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, in relationships and scientists, like Spock is is the captain of the mistake. Sure, yeah, know, yeah. Like, ship anyway stereotypes are um like usually there's some truth yeah exactly and in this case it's true some some scientists are fairly interested in 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 you know very very nerdy things and so they get really wrapped up in that but the big thing about dating as a scientist is you have to kind of choose whether or not you're going to date other scientists or not Mm -hmm. i can't i'm i'm not i'm i can't do that i I cannot Um, why because i I am already a broken enough person as it is that I don't want to be with another broken logic miser as well. You do you feel like like being a scientist that means that there's something kind of broken about you? Like you you were talking about Spock, like yeah. you mean like logic wise? Oh, oh, oh yeah, wise. yeah. It's it's the worst. It's the worst. You <laughs> when you when you are a scientist, you approach everything with the science. You you approach everything you should not approach with science with science. Right. The idea of science is you take some data, you. You make interpretations of that data, and you write up how that you might interpret that data. You make inferences about things, right? And you, if you apply that to relationships, that you are you you've broken the relationship. <laughs> if you apply a relationship the same way, you, you know, the, with the same logic that you apply to science, then right. it 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 you're gonna make the person you're with hate you immediately, right? If so, like can, in a situation where like a girl that you're dating says. Um, yeah, Kevin, you don't have to come. You don't have to come to my friend's party this Saturday. And you're like, okay, and you don't come. And then they're, and they're, they, they're they respond with an emotional reaction, being like, right. actually, I wanted you to, and I don't, I can't believe you didn't understand that. Yeah. Then, 
when I get in arguments with people, <laughs> I turn into it's, this is like I, I turn into something that I call the robot, but it's also it's also like I turn into somebody where I just it's immediate like shutdown of all possible emotions, and it's right. like like I just I'm like I are, I start from the idea that like oh I'm right, I can mm-hmm. logically walk through why I'm why I'm right, and by the way, that's the worst way to start an argument. <laughs> ever. You start an argument by thinking I'm right, and I know why I'm right, and I'm going to yeah, then yeah. you're going to lose the argument and potentially the relationship. Um, but yeah, I get in the argument and I just become like cold logic man where mm-hmm. I, I, I call this the Dan Harmon style of arguing. <laughs> it, it's awful, isn't it? Like when you, when you're like, you just want them to validate your goddamn emotions. And you're yes, like, yes, you're like, yes, yes. I don't understand why you'd have those emotions. Like, like in this case, like right. if you, I wish you had been open with me. I wish you'd actually said the thing that you wanted instead of mm-hmm. trying to, it, sure. I'm not a mind reader. I don't, I'm not able to read minds. It's actually yeah. physically impossible for a human to read minds. <laughs> you bring out a chart oh, and you're yeah. like, uh, Ecclesiastes. Yeah. E- 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 uh, Glacier Stein. That, that's a good scientist name. You did a really good job right there on the spot. Glacius <laughs> Glacier Stein. Yeah. When studied. Uh... Yeah. The, and, and, <laughs> and, and so when you, when I do that, like I'll, I'll be just, I'll be walking through this logical progression of, and, 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 and I'll, I'll, I'll be like a debater. Like mm-hmm. they'll, they'll try to argue and I go, actually, if you remember two weeks ago, you said this, this is in direct contrast to the thing you just said right now and the way that you're acting. I don't yeah. exactly understand this hypocrisy. And like, I, I'm like that. I get calm and cool. My voice gets like very measured and like, that's the worst. Well, I don't know. I mean, uh, I don't want to invalidate your feelings right now. <laughs> I do like that. That logic is important. I guess you know, like don't don't you don't have to be so hard on yourself. Well, it it is, but it, what <laughs> I I and I went through this is this is the thing about a lot of scientists and and, and grad school uh, specifically is is that you have to learn this. Grad school is the worst way of becoming an adult, by the way. Like grad, well, all scientists <laughs> have to go through grad school. And grad school is the worst way to teach yourself to become an adult. Like it's it's like college part two right. that never ends. Yeah. Um, and I had to go through a huge amount of therapy, like like group therapy to like with other scientists to essentially learn this thing, which is that like if someone has an emotion, that's OK. That's a mm. that's a real thing. Right. Doesn't it, just because you have an emotion doesn't mean that you're wrong. Like like because the opposite, like logicians think that like emotions are like always like you could have any emotion then you could be angry. Why would you be angry? Why would anger be, you know, like like that doesn't make sense. And so I had to teach myself by talking with other people that like, oh, and when I did that, when I did the thing you want to do, and I, 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 it's very hard for me when you're when you're having an argument with someone that you love mm-hmm. and you think like, oh, you know what? I hurt you. I said something that hurt you. I said something and you were hurt by it. Mm-hmm. That's your emotion. Just yeah. because just because in my head, I'm thinking. You should never be hurt by the things that I say. The things that I say right. are not meant to hurt. Why would you get hurt by them? Like, I know exactly how I meant it. They don't. Yeah. And if you just pause and say, oh, hey, I hurt you. You know, I'm sorry. That was dumb of me. I'll try not in the future. That is so fascinating that, you, like, scientists have group therapy to well, learn that. Grad, That's students, so... grad students and science science grad students have to. You have to. I, uh, every grad I, I student... just feel like I struggle. Uh, me and my uh, partner have this this argument constantly where or I don't even know if I'd call it an argument. Like I'm somebody who's very, um, I wouldn't like, I don't think it's fair to call myself emotional. I am emotional, but mm. I'm very, uh, emotionally intelligent or like, okay. I like I'm able to like deal in emotions and I am sensitive to other people's emotions. And uh. they, to me, they're real actual. Are you, things. are you correct? 
Sorry, am this I, is the science. Am I cra- no, 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 that's fine. Like, no, you no. can claim that you know emotions, but do you actually have proof of it? <laughs> have you tested it? Um, I, you mean like when I'm when I'm when I'm feeling like, w- like how other are, people yeah, feel? Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, sh- well, not always because it's okay. not a not an exact science. Yeah. I feel like I am more <laughs> I am more um I, I I am better at understanding other people's emotions than most people. I think I'm probably more correct. I more like more frequently correct than other people when I'm like. Okay feeling other people's emotions. I mean, this is all anecdotal. <laughs> yeah, I don't know for sure, obviously. Like, there's no... Um, or there probably is a way to measure that, obviously. Like, if I, I there, was to do not. some sort of, like, study... I'm a jerk, but you know... No, no, you're not a jerk. I mean, there w- there probably would be a way to do an experiment where there was, like, so- someone was... we Like, a bunch of people witnessed <laughs> the same lineup. emotions, yeah. and then it's like, is this person sad or is this person jealous and like th- that person you know if there's a way to measure that but i like we I, call those esp tests like uh, <laughs> right like that's, that's yeah peter vankman and ghostbusters <laughs> right there um yeah i i know that like with my with my partner for example like him and i interact with a lot of people together mm-hmm. right and there'll be many times when we'll leave the room and he'll say, oh, I don't like, why, like, why, why was that guy trying to like, uh, outdo me or, uh-huh. or that, that's, that makes Dan sound like a bad guy or like, why was that guy so sad? Or why was he blah, blah, blah. And uh-huh. I'll be like, no, no, he was, he was trying to impress you. Like he wasn't, he wasn't angry or whatever. Um, but again, it's all anecdotal, but with Dan all the time, like we, I mean, and we're just now we're figuring out how to deal with this with each other. But like, I will say like, well, that made me sad when you did that. And like you're saying, exactly, like that makes him so frustrated because he was like, well, it shouldn't have made you sad. Yeah. And like, it's not even a, the idea that that feeling isn't even real. Yeah. Like that's the, that's, yeah. that, that's, he literally feels that way sometimes. Like it's not an actual thing. Yeah. It's, yeah. The pure logician thinks that emotions are like ghosts or God. <laughs> like they're just like, or unicorns, right? right like there's yeah. something you write about, like, or, and, 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 and in, a, in, a, in a perfect sense, right? I think that like 90% of Star Trek episodes are about this exact idea. Yeah, right like where it's just like, like, why would you humans ever feel emotions? Like it is only limiting you as a as a species, right? And so then, when like, so when you hear like as a pure logician, like in that state, like when those people hear someone say, "I'm uh, that made me sad," like, what do you what do you think that is? Like, do you think it's just like well, I, a, a made up thing, or like what do you think no. that person's doing at that time? In, I mean, if you were to not have this yeah. therapy, or like oh, yeah. at, in at the heat worst... of the fight, in the heat of the fight, I think of it as a weakness. Right. I think of it as yeah. a weakness yeah. that makes me angry that you want to destroy. Yeah, that I just want to. Yeah, that I want. I want to just say, this won't work unless you stop feeling those emotions. Right, which only makes the other person feel those feelings more because they're invalidated, and then it's like, well, no, it's not. Yeah. When I when I because because gas to a black hole. Yeah, because because what you forget. Thank you. I appreciate that. That, that, makes it, that makes it crystal clear in my head. I right. okay. Well, the only because what you ignore every time you do that is that you like you said as a pure logician, I am not. I feel right. emotions 100 million times as bad as anyone else. Like I, I just try to squash them down, mm-hmm. right? Because that's that's what happens is that I go into pure logic mode, but then like I'm like a malfunctioning robot where the only emotion <laughs> I'm going to do is self righteous, indignant, under not understanding anger. Like it's just right, like yeah. like an anger that's like. Why would you ever, how could you, and then like I try to tamp it down and get back into like measured mode. And like that, those lead to the worst fights over the dumbest things mm-hmm. where, you yeah. know, when, and, and you've probably been in fights like this. I, I've been in fights like this all the time where pure logic, Kevin is driving through the fight and then suddenly takes a step back in his head and goes, wait a minute. No, you're wrong. 
this is wrong. You're the wrong one. Well, in those moments, is PLK able to take a step back yeah. and like admit that? Well, yeah, because that's no, because what happens is you're wrong. You're wrong. Nah, you 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 know you're wrong, but just keep fighting. You gotta win this. You gotta win this. Like it's it, there's no way you can't ever admit weakness. You can't ever admit that right. like because because in your head you just assume that what'll happen then is that your partner, like I assume a girls I'd be with, would bring that up all the time. Like oh, pure logic, Kevin, wrong again. Oh, here he is being wrong. And like oh, oh, that makes me feel so gross. Thinking yeah, about that. yeah, and that's a feeling. That's anger. That's making you continue to feel that way. That's yeah. no longer your yeah. your logic yeah. logical side. Yeah, and I. I I just I think that I could not date another scientist because I I I don't want to be in a situation where there's two of those people doing that because like uh, do you would... think maybe the wouldn't it I mean thinking very like optimistically like couldn't you guys just be like super logical about any sort of problem or like what do you but then but then. Also, I don't want to be wrong. It's the other thing. Like, I don't right. want to be with someone who's smarter than me who's going to be like, oh, sorry. Oh, I date people who are smarter than me all the time. I date people who are smarter than me all the time. But I don't want to be with someone who's going to get me wrong. Like, like I, 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 I would hate it if we had the ability to instantly recall everything because then we right. could just like go and like, like a lot of arguments come because it's like, oh, I, I thought that I did this. You thought I did this. Yeah. But if like you had like a record of it, right. you'd yeah. like go and screw back and, like, and then and the person's like, oh, I, I'll take the trash out. And then they don't. Like, you didn't do the thing you said you were going to do. This right, is why we're right. fighting. You are wrong. And like, if you have two logic people who are doing that, I mm-hmm. could be wrong. I don't want that. I don't want that at all. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just, I hate, I, I, this is this is the worst. I just hate, I hate the feeling of being wrong. And when in science, sure. there's huge ramifications. If I publish a paper mm-hmm. and it's wrong, mm-hmm. someone's going to publish a paper and just tear me a new one. Yeah, and, like, and then does it? Are you done as a scientist? Like, no, are there any like? But you are given less. Like, people will talk about it, and people. Sure, will, and, yeah. and the thing is, is that it's not actually like it's okay. You know, the current my my one of the papers a couple of papers ago. It's like a big deal paper for me, and it'll probably be shown in the next five or ten years that my interpretation is incorrect, which is a sad thing to admit. But like, that'll be okay. It'll it just feels gross because scientists mm-hmm. sometimes get really on a super high, super tall horse, look down and be like, "Well, I'm gonna come ride into town and rip you a new one because I figured out." why you're wrong i've heard entire talks the first talk that was ever given about my research there were two talks in a row and they were both about how i was wrong i was a i was a grad student (laughs) i'm sitting in this room and these two these two astronomers get up and just are like like da 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 hainline it all it's incorrect here's why here's what my thing this is an incorrect interpretation Mm -hmm. and i'm just like and my gosh it just feels gross did you know that was coming no but you need to. It seems so strange. I don't you really understand to. that. Right. And well, it, it, I mean, like you sat down and you're like, oh, I can't wait to hear this talk. And they're like, <clears throat> Let I, me see. I, yeah, I was excited because the talk, you know, you only go get the title, maybe the abstract, but they don't mm. ever go into like in your first couple slides. It's always like, here's the state of the field. And, uh-huh. and you make a living taking what other people have done and interpreting it and showing it's right or showing it's wrong. Right. Or you putting new data out there. And they had some new data and they just chose to interpret it that it was showing that I was incorrect. Now. I think I'm still right in terms of this thing that I okay. was studying, but like it's that's because I think I'm right all the time. It, <laughs> it's a it's a fight with with scientists. Like scientists like to believe that they're right because they make a living off of this, right? right. Just like comedians like to think that they're funny because they make a living off of that. I see. Right? And okay, so if you have yeah. a challenge to that, like like if you have a challenge to to being right, you just it feels so gross, right? Because that's everything. Because yes. like your entire existence is like proving whether or not something is yeah, or just right. showing evidence that that says something is yeah. is, is true, and, and and pushing towards this quote unquote big capital T truth which right. whether or not that actually exists that's for philosophers not for me I'm just pushing forward some and so when I get in relationships to bring it back to relationships I want to be right 
And right. I always start from that. And as I said earlier, that is the wrong way to start any fight ever or any conversation to believe I'm right and you're wrong. And now let's get to that point where you agree with me. Right. Because then I employ horrible, horrible Civil War era tactics. Where like what? I, what are your, what's your style? Oh, man. This is this is where like I'm, I'm going to be super brutally honest about myself. Like it's just I I'm the type of person who likes to. Like I'll attack hypocrisies and I'll, mm-hmm. t- I'll attack something where the person where it, like it gets ad hominem where I'm talking about the person like I'll switch it up. So like if we're starting to get on something where I might look like I'm wrong, I'll switch it up to be like to make it like something where like I can't believe you did that. Something slightly unrelated. I can't believe you right. did that thing, you know, a-, a week ago. Yeah. And you're like, why would you bring that up now? Well, I bring it up now because I want to focus on you being wrong. Right. Yeah. Like, it's yeah. a thing where where I have a series of relationships in my past with girls who like all could just tell you like like fights with Kevin were my least favorite thing I've ever done in my life. I just felt <laughs> horrible and I felt I would leave the, in the thing. Like like my ideal ending of a fight in these oh this is the worst. My <laughs> ideal ending of a fight would be like them coming and be like I'm really sorry Kevin. I'll 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 change. I'll work on this and be different. And I'd be like right. it's okay. We'll get we'll work through this together. And uh, that, that is there was a period of time where I just like fed off of that. Sure. Like, just, it feels so good to be like did, oh, how did, so how did thoroughly. That, did that affect your opinion of your girlfriends at the time like did you ever think less of them for like coming coming back with their tail between their legs and saying in the like, time I no i thought i came when they did that i was like well we've come to the kevin Col- they, they figured it out they, they've they've grown because they understand i'm right i was oh my right. god i want to i am going to uh i want to like schedule just drinks for you and dan just i just want you two to talk about this <laughs> like, um yeah because this is exactly this is exactly what he does um do you do you ever apologize Yes. Here's what I've had to do. When I get in fights, the way that I have to approach this is I have to take, like, I have to, like, literally in the middle of the fight go, like, I got to go away. I got to go away and walk away mm-hmm. and go away forever. I got to go away and, and not be around this. I got to go away. And then That's I, like, good. That's smart. Yeah, That's, I, that takes a lot, though, right? It, it's very tough, because, especially because... When I do that, it's when when like like we're in the battle and suddenly it looks like I'm losing and like mm-hmm. I'm like 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 and I, I date I date <laughs> high high functioning very very smart incredible women who like when they see that and they see like oh no I figured it out I figured out yeah. this puzzle I'm gonna get you I'm gonna get you right here and I'm yeah. like, I gotta go I gotta get in my car I'm gonna drive away for a while I gotta, I gotta go and they're like, no oh no God. and they like chase after you can't go and so and so then then. I, I go away and I like think about it and stew and just feel like the most broken, the most, I feel, I, I, I just feel like so empty and hollow, like, like, oh, I was wrong. Oh. <laughs> and then like a couple days go by or a couple hours go by, you know, and then you kind of go back in and you're like, well, yeah, I guess, I guess I was, I was totally wrong. And I just wanted to, you know, you know, like, and, and like, I got better or better at that, like to the point right. where I could like really think about it and come up to the people I was dating. Yeah. Like, hey, that was really dumb of me. I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. Because that's emotional. I mean, that's like that's that's a funny thing is that like this like logic thing. Like you you are getting so angry. It's not just logic, yeah. but, but but you are lying to yourself. And yes, yes, it's all logical. Yes, that's and funny. I I don't want to say that all scientists are, but I know scientists who are like this. I know scientists right. who and and the thing about scientists. Is I mean, it are, makes sense. Like when you're talking, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. There are scientists who are totally emotionally fine and happy like, really oh all these scientists i mean <laughs> there are scientists who are married to each other and have more kids and are just the happiest people ever but yeah. i couldn't do that i couldn't because 
I, I mean, the other big problem with dating scientists is that, as you, as I've told you, I'm a postdoc, which means I'm essentially beholden at the moment to mm-hmm. whoever wants to hand me money to do this research. Which means that if I like had a wife, then and they were an academic as well, we'd have what in, in astronomy terms we call the two body problem, which is that <laughs> now we have to find a a, a, a place that's going to have uh, hire two people, right? Because right. like, unless you like, I work at Caltech and you work at UCLA, so we live in Echo Park, and then you just you know, but that that's very rare, and that's really tough to do. You you to to marry an academic and now you you're both like you know you have to go where academia takes you and like and that's 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 very very rough and i so i I can't date other scientists because i just i don't want i don't want them to to constantly be proving me wrong uh and i I don't want to have to deal with the fact that i could be working in academia right if you if you had to guess what scientific field do you think attracts the most uh emotionally dysfunctional people uh theoretical physics easy Really? Oh, why, yeah, yeah. why is that? And mathematics. Because they're the ones that require the most, like, pure, disgusting thought. Like, mathematicians <laughs> are like... I, I know a lot of mathematicians. My house is a mathematician. Mathematicians are like, like, just... Like, it's 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 beyond science and physics. It's all logic. It's all right, proof. Right. Like, I don't... Yeah, do how can you relate I, to another, yeah. like, an entire different yeah. body of exactly. ideas and stuff? Yeah. Like, if you're so... Yeah. Yeah. I don't do proofs. I do... I do... Here's some evidence. It shows a theory. They do stuff where at the end they can write a little box and be like, I've proven it. I've shown something is true, proof, positive, done. Yeah. And that, ooh, like, <laughs> like, ooh, like mathematicians, mathematicians are, and, 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 and theoretical physicists as well, because they're like really out there in terms, they're the Higgs boson people. Damn it. They're, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm so sick of hearing about Higgs boson. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Every single yeah, day. Yeah. God, the Higgs uh, boson. Just trying to order, yeah. order a sandwich. Yeah. The sandwich artist is like, oh, Higgs boson or sandwich. No, just mustard. Yeah. <laughs> just just a, a couple quaternions on there. Um, so, um, <laughs> I like reaching. I don't even think that. I think, anyway, um, <laughs> just a light layer of gravitino. Um, I. <laughs> so dumb uh mathematicians are just are and 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 theoretical physicists i think are the ones but this i the worst is that i i know i know well just as mathematicians but i also know i think that i think if i'm going to do this this thing where i make broad broad blanket generalizations that's the case on the flip side you've got your biologists and your geologists who are like geologists like go drinking in the desert they're the best right like yeah like your studying rock yeah exactly right like they're all open they're like this rock is like your heart oh i found a rock that's shaped like your eyes and not even that they're like those cool backpackers like like there's a certain type of girl who's most attracted to like that tall tan like like wearing tevas like maybe cannon ears yeah <laughs> exactly like canyon ears yeah oh yeah yeah just <laughs> like cannon ears yeah <laughs> <laughs> old pirates <laughs> <laughs> they're really into the old-timey sea pirates yeah uh no and like that those geologists like who just come out from the desert and they're like they're like really into micro brews and stuff like like i'm right, not yeah. that type and they and so those are like the really well adjusted and then you get in biologists studying pure, life oh, and oh yeah like yeah, the sexy. like i'm a diver or like oh i just i go into the woods and i just like i measure trees heights and yeah. it's just it's incredible last week out. i made eye contact with a whale yeah, and exactly. i just like got it yeah 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 i i, get, I helped the whale give birth i <laughs> pulled those calves out and that was so incredible each one of them nuzzled me very gently very gently yeah. i think that they gave me their 
I think they, they accepted me as one of their brothers. And like, I said to myself, Chad, yeah. this is why you do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is, this is what life is. <laughs> you are giving and taking and being a part of a great circle in the ocean. So speaking to that, like as an astronomer, I mean, you must have used your... Oh, God, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> Can you talk about that? I ran a planetarium for years. Right. And like, <laughs> do you know what's always in the Did back you... of your pocket when you have a planetarium? The a moment condom? you're like, yeah. When... No, no. Oh. <laughs> a condom and a light switch and a... And a turn of a lock and a laser. Uh, <laughs> a laser. <laughs> no, it's it's always it's always the fact that like, like I mean, this is why I think it was an episode of Friends where where Ross takes like yeah, Rachel yeah. to a planetarium and then like the like billions of years ago. Like I I had access to a planetarium and I had Cigaras queued up on the computer such that if I nice. needed to use the planetarium <laughs> to like bring someone in and be like, oh, just you know, let me just show you a couple things and like you know the light and then like whatever. That's what you do, right? But like right. Astronomy is also one of these. This is the I, these are things that you should never admit. You, the, you, like when you're an astronomer, you have and you know the night sky. Like in order to show people the night sky, you have to get up right next to their face. Like so, definitely. Like right. I would teach a class at uh, not a class. I would teach a planetarium show to the to the undergrads that was like teaching them astronomy, but also trying to throw in like how would you maybe pick up on girls using mm-hmm. this or how or boys? <laughs> how would you pick up on, like? And it always start like. So you're at a party and you're doing that thing that you do where you like walk outside hoping that the person you think is cute would like walk out and be like, hey, what's going on? Like, you know, maybe I'm just checking on. A- yeah. You're just looking at the Orion. stars. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You just and what you start with is just like like just just the passing like like a lot of people don't know the stars. But, you know, I I'd go out with my dad and we just look at them. You know, even if you didn't do that, just always say you go I out with your dad. I wish he was here now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like point to be like, like say like, do you know any of the stars? And like, never, never, like never, go, never lower that over them. But I always just go like, well, let me just show you. That's uh, that's our tours. And these Wait, are the easy ones. This is a class you taught? It wasn't a class. I just ran planetarium shows. And, oh, okay. Like, you run a planetarium right? show where like I have access to all the okay, stars. Okay. So it was just, it was just like, here are the factoids you can use. Like the, the one that okay. is most, the most obvious thing that I always use is like, like if you get a girl like, like like a gold necklace or something to be like like you know right <laughs> the only way that you can make gold is that a, a huge star has to explode and in the fires of that exploding stars the elements are pushed together in an incredible way they this this these heavy elements float off in the universe where they coalesce in a gas cloud <laughs> coalesce to a star and these planets these miners eventually dig deep into the earth and pull this gold out and put it together this started in the embers of a dying star, and I'm giving it to you now. Oh, and if wow. the girl is Listeners, if anyone you, uses this, yeah. I will send you a T-shirt. Yeah, exactly. uh, send do. me an email, and yeah. I'll send you a T-shirt and yeah. a signed uh, autograph Polaroid of, of Kevin. Because <laughs> <laughs> like that's true, and like that, and, and there's a lot of stuff like that. There's a whole bunch of stuff, and and you have to get really close to them, and like put your head there, maybe put your arm around so you're pointing with your hand. Like astronomy is the romantic science. Yeah, yeah. But I always would caution that like it not didn't really work, right? Like because. Mm-hmm. When I date the, the people that I'm most attracted to are creatives. Like I, I've dated a series of artists and writers. Like that's who I'm the most attracted to. Like and 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 the thing is, is that when you are a scientist, that's a neat aspect that you can point to the stars and stuff. But that becomes yeah. a novelty. Mm. And so when you're dating someone, you become the astronomer. Right. You're labeled as the astronomer. You go out, out to friends and you're meeting friends and stuff. You are. Oh, this is my boyfriend, the astronomer. This is my girlfriend, the astronomer. Right. right. And that because it's because it's one of the few occupations that is in like children's books and stuff yeah. that like people are like, oh, this is a yeah. an actual thing. Like Astron- you... astronomer, firefighter, <laughs> doctor, doctor, uh, yeah. Um, uh, the village people uh, <laughs> that like no you ask people like what TV shows they watch about science and they watch Neil deGrasse Tyson's Cosmos or Through the Black Hole you watch yeah. these shows that are, like like have an astronomer like like you ask name a scientist and like people are just gonna say Carl Sagan like yeah. 
astronomer. It's, it's, it's a thing, but it also becomes a novelty. And that makes me feel weird when I'm dating someone and I go out and meet their friends and I am the novelty astronomer. Like I'm just like, and they just come to me and ask me their science questions and stuff. Like I like it. I like sharing science with people, but it feels weird. You feel marginalized as an astronomer? I feel marginalized in a relationship. I feel, I feel put in a box, mm. right? You're like, like, I'm just a dude. Like I can hang out. Like I'm into creative things. I'm into yeah. other things. Like it's, I'm not This just... is just my job, right? right. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. I, I like that people think I'm a scientist and an astronomer. I like that. Like I like of all the things I could possibly be rather sure. than, you know, like I, I would hate it if someone was like, oh, that's Kevin. He's really into Star Trek, which is true. But like, I don't, I, I don't want to be defined by my, like by pop culture thing. I want to be defined right. by what I do, but I also, yeah. I don't want to only be that. Yeah. I don't want it to be, I don't want it to be like, oh, my astronomer boyfriend, my boyfriend who is an astronomer, my boyfriend who is, it's just an occupation. Right. Um, and so it's weird. It's weird. You'll, you'll meet people and they'll, they'll already be like, oh, I heard you were an astronomer. Oh, can you tell me about this? Especially because... Um, when you date creative types, this is where I'm going to get in trouble. When you date creative <laughs> types, you tend to date creative types who are a little more out there with their belief systems. Right. Like I have dated multiple girls who are way into astrology, <laughs> which is far different than astronomy. Yeah, I want to hear. I want to hear all about this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so astrology posits that the motions of the stars throughout the heavens, the sun, and the planets. Uh, when you were born, dictate aspects of your life. And the way that we are now dictate aspects of your life. Yeah. Um, this is bullshit. Uh, <laughs> this is not, it does not, there's no, there's no, like, there's no way that, that you scientifically, there's no, logically, there's no way that this could possibly be possible. You can't do it. Right. It, yeah. It doesn't, doesn't, doesn't make any sense. But, it's, when did astrology start? It's the oldest know? science. It's it, before really? astronomy. Before astronomy. Oh, it's, yeah, it's okay. the oldest possible science. You're a naked cave person outside. You look up and you see these weird lights and things that are moving that aren't mm -hmm. the, like, and you you start associate. Like, there's a reason that like ancient peoples you could like freak them the fuck out by like having an eclipse, right? Because that's right. that's like a something that's portending in the heavens. Like, you look at all ancient cultures and that's where their gods resided, right? Like the Egyptians had their gods residing, uh, and you'd you'd get on a golden chariot and fly through the skies, and like it's just <laughs> that's why Stonehenge exists. That's why all these it's the most ancient science. In fact, I see, that's all astrology. Astron yeah, okay. astronomy came out of that. Like, and astrology has gotten slightly as because the problem with astronomy is as uh, astrology is as astronomy. Look, I just I actually just mistake said astronomy <laughs> for astrology. The thing that I get the most pissed about when I introduce someone and they're like, "Oh man, this is the astrologer," or "This is the astrologist," which I don't even think is a word. Uh, and I'm like, actually. Ah, uh, well, actually, uh, I'm an astronomer. Uh, <laughs> like, oh no, it's same. You know, it's okay. I'm sorry. Uh, but, I mean, that would be incredibly frustrating because, like, you know, uh, quote unquote astrologers say like what shoes you should buy at the back of Cosmo. Yeah, like, yeah, an astronomer. But, but it. I unfortunately, I just said Cosmo. <laughs> I mean, which which is the name of the magazine? I'm just now, oh, you know, which is short for Cosmopolitan. Wink, wink. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Cosmo. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, astrology is a very old science, and it it. As astronomy came to be as a science, uh, astrologers, their predictions were proven incorrect and like they were proven there was no connection and stuff and like there was there, there things that were incorrect. Like astrology, so didn't, sorry. astrology didn't know that the earth processes. The earth is like a top, so it like wobbles like a top, which means mm -hmm. that the constellations and the, the their uh, their relationship to the seasons, which is big in astrology, it changes. Right. And so they had to change their astrology over time to essentially fit what was going on. Well, and do you remember a couple of years ago when they said that there was like a new... Oh yeah, 13th. This is what I was saying. Like, and I was born in that... Two weeks or whatever. Ophiuchus. Ophiuchus. Yeah. Ophiuchus yeah. <laughs> is uh, is uh, visible now. It's a snake handler. Ophiuchus is the only constellation oh. named after like uh, someone we think actually potentially could exist, uh, like uh, an Egyptian uh, doctor. Oh, um, interesting. In fact, snake oh, handler. Yeah. Ophiuchus has these two snakes: uh, serpents, caput, and serpents something else. Uh, and and like you've you've seen um 
the rod with the snake on it that's uh-huh. associated with the medical profession. Uh-huh. That not the Caduceus, not the thing that's on. Um, What's, what's Ferris Bueller's friend's shirt? Uh, anyway, uh, <laughs> there's a <laughs> shirt that Ferris Bueller's friend has, which yes, has the, yeah. the, the two snakes. That's a different one. That's, Cameron. That's, yeah, Cameron. Cameron's shirt has the, the Caduceus. That's the, this is, uh, that, that's the staff of Hermes. This is, this is like a thing associated with, um, maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, a thing that's associated with the medical profession. It comes from this guy, uh, Ophiuchus. Um, Asclepios also is the name for it. And, and that, that constellation is in the band of mm-hmm. the zodiac but because the ancients liked 12 better and because it's not exactly in there they just kind of push it off and say like no 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 uh, so they've that. known about it for a long time they just yeah, don't I mean, the, the talk stars about have been, it or? the stars have been the same forever right like they change right. a little bit but it's been known right it's just it wasn't because it's kind of just tangential it's not like one of the real houses that like mm. the sun moves through it does but it kind of moves through his foot so it's not as big a deal i see okay but but the thing about about astrology is that it makes inferences about who you are based on where the sun was when you were born. Right. And that's BS. But when you date someone who has been raised and finds that fun and really believes in it and other more exotic things, you are faced with a thing that you have to be, have to fight and figure out how you're going to deal with where they bring it up to you. And, and you, I, I had to, and have had to like, what do I do? What do you do in that moment? Like that one moment when someone's like, when someone's like, Oh, they're such a Gemini. And you're like, do you say anything? I mean, like, and there are obviously like different extremes when it comes to like how much you follow astrology. Or yeah, or... there's there. I think a lot of people follow it in like the it's fun to read it in the back of the magazine way. Is yeah, that yeah. Voice again? yeah, yeah. It's a fun to read in the back of the magazine. <laughs> Can you combine the two? Yeah. Can you do a Muppet Italian? It's a fun to read in the back of the magazine. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> uh, and, and so, and so, um. The, the, but like, if you get really far into it, like, if you really believe it, if you really believe, like, and there are people who like, like, they'll go and look at what your second sign, your earth sign is, your water, what are these other things that you do? And they'll, they'll go, oh, you know, and, and, and what you do in that moment is you think, how much do I want to impress this person? How much do I want this person to like me? Mm. I am very insecure. I think a lot of people are very insecure. I think scientists tend Not to be very me. insecure. Not me. Okay. <laughs> da, 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 da. No, I'm very insecure. Uh, <laughs> <Just kidding>. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, shoot. No, no, no. That was a joke for our longtime oh. listeners. Oh, okay. Good, good, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm very insecure. And I just want, like, and 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 I, th- this comes from the fact that I'm just a big nerd, right? Like, I I am, I am, you know, this the, the thing that Jim Carrey says in Eternal Sunshine and the Spotless Mind. I'm the person who, like, anytime a girl pays attention to me, I fall in love with them forever. I'm like, oh, my God, we're going to get married and have a bunch of babies. Oh, it's gonna that's be the best. So sweet. And a lot of nerds are like this. There are nerds <laughs> right, who, like, yeah. they meet one girl in college and they marry them forever. And I, God bless those people. Like, they found the right person for them. Mm-hmm. I... I understand that. Like when you finally, the first girlfriend I ever had, like when I, when she first started, I was like, oh, this is it. This is it forever. It was like high school. We're going to be, we dated for five years. Oh, wow. And like that was a dumb thing to do because you should sometimes, for some people, get out and date a bunch of people. Yeah. Get rejected. Feel yeah, rejection. Yeah, yeah. Feel, find what Figure it is. Figure out what you yeah. want. Yes. And Zero in. S- yeah. And scientists are very willing to date a first person and be like, well, this person likes me a lot, but they also, they also like, they shoot guns and, and, you know, like at me and like, you know, these horrible things. That was my they example of a horrible thing. <laughs> like, search my brain for something that's horrible that like is, uh, right. you know. They're, ra- they're racist. They yeah, oh yeah. They're racist. Yeah. You know, or they're, or like, like I dated someone who like right off the bat, she smoked mm. and like, don't do that if you don't want to kiss a person who smokes. Don't do that. If you don't want to have a mouthful of smoke mouth, like don't smoke, date that person. But I was like, oh, she likes me so much and she's so cool and smart. And she was, yeah, and, yeah. but like, that was just the thing about her. And when it comes to astrology, when it comes to like, or even, there's weirder things. I dated a girl who was into this thing called Reiki, which is like, yeah, energy, t- touch, energy mm-hmm. thing. And like, that is 
Like that's something you she spent a huge amount of money on to take classes in, yeah. so that she could do it. Like, did you ever talk about like when in those in those times like the astrologist or astrologer, yeah. astrology lover, or the the person who was into Reiki? Like, did you ever? Did you just keep those no. feelings quiet? Or, At the or... beginning, no. I would do this thing that, that you do in these situations where you go like, you know what? I'm open to anything. I believe that there's like a huge amount of power. And like you just saw that you just say the things where you're just like, like, I can't I can't immediately come out and be like, that's bullshit. What are you doing? And I'm, I'm I know that there are people who do that. Like, right, yeah. Eventually, after, you know, like in like the times when you're like, oh, this is such a good time. You're yeah, like, yeah. oh, man, astrology is bullshit, right? Huh? Huh? Course, like yeah. you just kind of. Well, and you're not in the business of deciding why you don't like somebody when exactly. you're first starting to yeah. state that. Yeah. Yeah. So you but eventually when you get to know someone, you start to bring that out. And like, that's tough. That's really tough. When I was dating the most recent person I, I dated, um, she on our first date said, you must be a Virgo. And she was right. <laughs> she was right. This was the ultimate irony of all of this astrology stuff is that if you go, I, in fact, I have it. Let me read a couple sentences from the like, yeah, definition of, of Virgo. Okay. Those born under the sign are forever the butt of jokes for being so picky and critical, but their attention to detail is for a reason. They help others. Uh, Virgos, uh, to say these folks are good at fact finding almost understates the case since Virgos revel in their exacting some would argue pedantic behavior and are a whiz with minutia. A Virgo's brain is in overdrive most of the time, which is why these folks get so much done. Uh, it's crazy. <laughs> All this brain power can make Virgos prone to skepticism and can even lead to the kind of overthink that surely leads to overkill. Also, there's this thing where it says, since Virgos rule the intestines, worried Virgos need to be wary of bowel upsets. So it's all... <laughs> It's all true. I mean, I, I was wondering why I had such so many bowel upsets, and it's my I'm, I was born into the Virgo. But she, she are there said any this. moments when you're like, oh, maybe there is something something mystical? When to I read this? that, yeah. When I read that, that's crazy. But that's also a little bit of confirmation bias. This idea that like, because I just I took the sentences from this thing from astrology.com earlier today that like I just took the sentences that best describe me. But there were ones that didn't, right? And you just kind of right. go like, maybe I'm kind of like that, but mostly like this. And that's how <laughs> always presence worked. exactly. You're like I don't hate them that much, but maybe I do sometimes. I yeah. always hate them a little bit. I mean. It says I do. <laughs> you know, yeah, there's been presence. I felt I really hit. Yeah, this is perfect. And that's what we do, right? It's this confirmation bias with astrology. And and so, but it was it was this ultimate irony with this girl, which is that and she'd bring it up all the time, like, such a Virgo. Here you go with those bowel movements. You know? <laughs> like, like, like and, and that became a joke. Like it's it's the ultimate irony of my life is that I'm an astronomer who hates the fact that astrology gets so much cred like mm -hmm. it's in the back of of cosmo it's in the back of like in newspapers and stuff yeah and like and people will will dictate their life and who they like i've met humans who are like i could never date a leo i could never and that's like shutting off a 12th of the people one out of every 12 right. people yeah. around you yeah. you will not date because they would just happen to be born in a certain month oh that that sucks i as a nerd i can't i can't beggars can't be choosers here when it comes to <laughs> relationships i can't like you know and i i and so it frustrates me that the ultimate irony is that like the thing for me describes me in some ways very well. Yeah. And so I it just so I got really a brother. <laughs> became Macho Man Randy Savage there for a second. Are you are you mystical or like uh, superstitious about anything that would kind of be surprising uh, for a scientist to believe in or? Um. Yes. Uh, no. I. <laughs> this is horrible. Uh, in dumb ways, like I am. I am like because I fight it because you fight it. I'm 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 a fan of the of the Los Angeles Angels baseball team. I see. Okay. Born in Orange County, and I have angels like a... and angels live in space. Heaven. Okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and and um, 
And like I have a hat that like I wore and like I go to baseball games and they like lose when I wear the hat. And I was like, oh, God, I'm just, this is the unlucky hat. Like and like it goes beyond that. Like I'll like okay. I can't watch the games because I'm like if I watch the games they're gonna lose. If I pay attention to them they'll lose. And like it just makes me feel <laughs> gross when the team I care about loses. You're making me think that I'm superstitious about every sports team because I don't watch any of them. So I must really. That's why every sports team loses every game. It's always a lose lose game. Yes, yes. yes. Like I it, I hate it because you can just see like I'll be watching the television, I, and I'll be like. Like, like talking with the people, like having this like super, like I've got to do this. I have to in order. And yeah. like, I hate that about myself because I just know what a dumb thing. It, like, like in my head, like if I ever told anyone this, much less sat on a podcast and told them this, this is like ridic- ridiculous of, of me. But like it, it, we all have that. We yeah. all, we all like attribute, like we all have coincidence that happens in our lives that we attribute to mysticism. And there's science to us having superstitions, not necessarily exactly. to the superstitions. Yeah, yeah. It's just tough when it comes into play with a relationship. Like it's tough when it's a core of who I am is that mm-hmm. I'm an astronomer. Like that's that's a I, I, that's a big deal in my life, you know. Like, and along with a lot of other things. And when someone is gonna approach me or be really into, like when when this Reiki person like offered me these like. This like she's like oh you're going on a big train plane trip I mix this this if you just if you just smell this you know the there's some healing powers that should help you through your trip and also give you confidence in this talk you're giving and you're like thank you and then like you go in the plane bathroom and you smell this thing and you're like what the fuck am I doing why am I doing this thing there's no help for this but then you're like well maybe the maybe the the, the placebo effect's gonna come into play but yeah. does the placebo effect work if I know that it shouldn't work because this is all bullshit like <laughs> you just get caught up in your own head and this is the the, the space jam yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Theory. Or... Yeah. Yeah. And this is, this is, this is a, um, why it's hard to be a scientist and B exactly what a Virgo would do, right? Like it'll get caught in <laughs> overthinking and get caught in like trying to outthink. Like I can't, I, and so that's why my relationships tend to be tough because I'm always, my brain is never, never not thinking. Just always, just what, what's the next thing? Trying to, and you do that thing that's very hard to do where you try to think what this person's thinking and how they're going to respond to something, how they're going to think, and then what they're going to think. And I think we all do this to some degree. But if you have, it's like trying to play chess against yourself. Like you're just thinking, what am I going to do? What, how am I going to do? What's the next move I'm going to, and like, and then in the end, the relationship suffers and you break up and you feel awful. And then what you do, and as a scientist, you go like, well, maybe I'm just going to be single forever and it'll be great. I'll live on a mountain. I'll be a <laughs> mad scientist. And I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be a mad scientist. Yeah, be, all, the, all the local neighborhood kids will be like, don't go by Kevin Hainline's house or you know, Mr. Hain, uh, you know, old man Hainline's house because he's going to do an experiment on you or something. I love the idea that like you actually have the option of becoming a mad scientist. <laughs> exactly. Like you're halfway there. Yeah. Like you could either be a scientist mad. that's like, yeah. oh, he's the cool scientist that, that, that uh, hangs out all the time. Or like, oh no, he's, he's the mad scientist. Yeah, I just got to get mad. Just got to get mad um, <laughs> and get a big old house on the hill you know, young young protege who like comes by on a skateboard or something like that and <laughs> yeah experiments, you know yeah, never, i'll never find love i'll be single forever build a, a time machine with mm-hmm. a car um, i guess even he found love too damn it unless you uh, marry steam virgin right yeah, yeah, yeah clara yeah. that's right that's right um his kids too what he that's a terrible mad scientist. Mad scientists should never have kids. Yeah, I don't think he was a mad scientist. He was yeah, just kooky. He was, I guess so. Yeah. Um, all right, I want to play a game. Cool, let's do it. Um, here. I want to play a game uh, right after this break. Hello. Thank you for listening to This Feels Terrible with Aaron McGathy in this great episode. I am not Aaron McGathy. I am producer Dustin. 
And during this recording, Aaron casually said to me, oh, do you do the commercial this week? And then quickly moved on to something else, not knowing that I can do whatever I want in the middle of her podcast right now. Like, it's too much power. She's like, oh, put this up with no edits, which we're doing. But that also means that I'm in the middle of her show right now. I can do whatever I want with it. It's kind of amazing. It's kind of like, you know, I got my own podcast here. So let's see, what do I want to do? What do I want to do? Oh, I want to thank everybody for supporting the show. All the people who donate, have donated over the years. I know it can seem very thankless and faceless, but every time someone donates to Feral Audio, that email pops up, alerts my phone. Um, I forward all your $50 uh, sponsorships to Erin so she can go ahead and make cool art for you. If you don't know, you can uh, donate $50 to This Feels Terrible, and Erin McGathy will paint you a painting. I'm talking about one of the coolest quirkiest artistic people on the planet will make you a custom painting um we're looking for more interesting ways for her to do stuff like that for you guys soon but also this is a great episode uh to help announce we have launched our new science fiction arm of feral audio and our big flagship show for this is Harmontown, Indoor Kids, Silicon Valley star Kumail Nanjiani has a great new podcast. If you go to feralaudio.com, it's called The X-Files Files. It is an episode-by-episode breakdown of every episode of The X-Files. If you haven't seen The X-Files, it's a fantastic show. Uh, it's streaming on Netflix. Um, the first episode is an introductory episode. It's supposed to get you excited about watching the show and the podcast. It is a niche podcast, but I think there's a lot of cool stuff in it please check it out and look for more um science fiction podcasts from feral audio in the future um secondly i wanted to to use this time to talk about something that's very very important and that we all need to get very proactive in and that is this idea of the fight for net neutrality Uh, i'm going to do you a favor and suggest you watch a video online from uh, last week's night with John Oliver of him explaining net neutrality and why it's bad and why it needs to be get squashed. So podcasts like this, so podcasters like Aaron McGathy, so podcast producers like myself and millions of other people can have equal rights online and um, cannot succumb to corporate powers interfering in our art and in our broadcasting. Now, what you can do is you can watch this John Oliver video which is the coolest thing I've ever seen anybody do with their TV show. But there's other things you can do. Um, You can tweet at Comcast, Verizon, AT&T, Barack Obama, the FCC. They all have Twitter accounts. They They are there. They read them. More importantly, you need to contact... Um, the congressmen and states people and senators of your state. There's a great website, www.savetheinternet.com. You can go to savetheinternet.com slash what can I do. Um, it'll link you to a quick comment page of the FCC, which is currently crashed because John Oliver has hijacked it. Uh, but cooler thing there is you can file your complaints from there. You can pick up a phone. You can call the FCC on the phone. Uh, you can call Congress in your state. You can send a letter to them through there. You can learn all about this. Um, and it's really good to get educated as fast as you can. There's only a few days left as it's open to public debate. And the person running the F- FCC, Chairman Wheeler, is a former 
Comcast lobbyist who bought his way into that position. It's a lot of really crooked stuff going on. And if you want to hear podcasts like this in the future, and you want to envision an internet the way I see it, which is fair, transparent, open, please support this cause. It's worth your energy. It's going to make stuff like what you're listening to right now possible. And without being that preachy, thank you for your support. Let's get back to this amazing episode of This Feels Terrible. Aaron, please let me know how I did. I love you very much. Thank you for everything. Thanks for bailing me out when I was broke. Thanks for paying my cell phone bill so I could still have a business. Thanks for all your support. Uh, You light up my life. Now back to This Feels Terrible. (laughs) All right, we're back. Okay. Uh, so before we before we end, uh, we're going to play a an astrology guessing game. Oh, exciting! Yes, we're sitting here in this room uh, with uh, producer Dustin, who is an Aquarius. I am a Sagittarius, Sagittarius, Sagittarius. Um, though I guess technically, how do you say a fucus? Ophucus. Ophucus. But that's not even. They don't even. No. The, the well, astrological communities does not recognize that. They reject that. it outright. They reject it. Yeah. So I am a Sagittarius, and you are a Virgo. Virgo. So uh, we were just at this uh, at this camp together. This creative retreat called. Uh, unique camp run by uh, unique LA and you've met you've been in a room with Dustin for an hour yes so based on that um, I'm going to this is gonna be really easy yeah I'll, you just, you just yeah just use science yeah uh-huh. yeah and and so I'll read a sentence and you say whether or not it describes uh, me as a Sagittarius uh-huh. Dustin as an as Aquarius, Aquarius or, or you as a Virgo, as a yeah. Virgo. oh as we've already determined it should be this should be yes. cut, cut and dry yeah all right here we go I'm ready um the those born number one <laughs> i don't know how many, how many they'll be until this gets boring okay those born under the sign of blank not only march to a different drummer they make up new music as they go along oh 100 this is 100 sagittarius this is sagittarius this is actually aquarius this describes dustin who marches to a different donor, oh. <laughs> dumber, <laughs> different, <laughs> different dumber, <laughs> Freudian slip. Dustin's very dumb. Uh, that was what actually I got from him. Yeah, I, yeah. That's why I gave it to you. It didn't seem like you know. Right. If you had said stupid, I would be like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Take that guy I met an hour ago. <laughs> All right, number two. Blank uh, possess a natural exuberance, sense of adventure, and love of life that makes them one of the most optimistic zodiac signs of all. I think this is Sagittarius. I think it's got to be Sagittarius. That is correct. Okay, good. This is Sagittarius. No, I, I, something I, I I'd applied, like to describe myself. <laughs> I applied science to this because it didn't sound like the March of the Bee. And it doesn't sound like what I read earlier as Virgo. So that was scientific right there. I that okay. was process of elimination. Sorry to, to reveal my secrets. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Number three. But that does sound nice. That sounds like that sounds a pretty fun thing, right? Like, yeah, that's a fun I, thing that you that that no one would be like, exactly. no, yeah. I don't have a sense of adventure. That's about to say. I was about to say, no human being looks at that and goes, nope, not I'm me. I'm not naturally this exuberant. This doesn't describe me as all, at all. <laughs> um, Lisa doesn't describe me at all. All right. <laughs> this, <laughs> Sorry. That's just Mario there. All right. Here we go. Uh, freedom-loving, optimistic, and honest, blank are ruled by blank, the planet <laughs> of abundance and higher learning. Freedom loving. First off, let me see if I can identify the planet of what is it? Loving and higher. The planet of abundance and higher learning, which I don't understand. It's got to be. Any. Is that Venus? Is Venus the planet of of abundance and higher learning? It is not. Oh shit! Uranus. 
No, I I don't even know. This is crazy. Jupiter? No, I'm just naming planets now. Um, it is Jupiter. Okay, it is Jupiter. Cool. <laughs> Duh, I got on the third try. I was pretty easy. <laughs> could, have, could have taken eight there. Uh, Freedom-loving, optimistic, freedom -loving, and optimistic. honest. Is it Sagittarius again? It is Sagittarius again. I love all these. Freedom-loving, optimistic, yeah. and honest. Yeah. I hate freedom. I, I love it. astrology now. Yeah, yeah. I hate freedom. <laughs> yeah. I hate freedom. I this cup loving. here, it's empty. No water. <laughs> Half empty. Done. All right. Next one. Uh Many blank can be found working in the quote unquote service to others industries, ranging from welfare, welfare work, welfare work, doctors, school teachers, through practicing natural forms of healing like massage, herbal remedies, etc. Oh, this is this is a Virgo. This is me. This, this is, is Virgo. Virgo. You yeah. said doctor, and I just, I mean, I'm duh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, but check, don't you please. think they mean they mean medical doctor? They don't mean science doctor. And Does by the it, way, do you call yourself a science doctor? <laughs> I, I do. I do. I do. Okay. Um, science doctor Hainline. Uh, <laughs> Mr. Science doctor. 3000. Uh, that No, I... Because uh, astronomy, although great, I wouldn't call a service to other industry. Right? I, 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 I service okay. others. I service others. Well, I mean, sure. I... I, I but I mean, it's not like you're you're not a welfare worker. No, I am. I am not a welfare worker. And you're right. No one's okay. like, tell me about stars. In, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gather around. Uh, <laughs> no, no. Um, if if you're like pure academic, yeah, then you don't you don't give a shit about anyone else. You just do your work in your ivory tower and look down your nose at them. So yeah, right. maybe that isn't. But I, I like to think that based on no, I'm course, a Virgo. Yeah. I, I I do work with others. This is the worst. Look at me admitting to. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've, I've made you defend astrology. Good. All right, next one. Um, with a blank in your life, you have someone who understands and cares, and any romance or friendship based upon these qualities is certain to be mutually rewarding. With a blank in your life, you have someone who understands and cares, and any romance or friendship based upon these qualities is certain to be mutually rewarding. Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> you know, I, this is I, this sounds like it could be anyone. Like it sounds like that's what you. Um, but maybe I've shown in this entire talk that this cannot be Virgo. It's got to be Aquarius. I, it can't be Virgo. Based on our conversation we've had, like mostly what I've shown is that with a Virgo in your life, you have someone who's neurotic all the time. Right. It is Virgo. It is Virgo. I'm terrible Virgo. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> That's right. Or maybe the astrology is wrong. I love it. You're like, oh no, I need to. Yeah. I'm supposed to be. I gotta be better. I gotta live up to this website that. <laughs> and th this comes from psychicguild.com. <laughs> I, I hadn't seen where it, it was the first hit when it came to like. Can someone uh, just round up like all these websites, like the names of them? Because they have the best names. That, yeah. Like all these like psychic guild, like, you know, Jupiter's Emerald. You know, yeah, like, exactly. Like a flower petal, you know, like they're so incredible. Like how these, <laughs> these like hippie, this is the worst, hippie dippy types, like they get to the internet and they like go to hover.com and they're like. What weird ass words can I put together? You know, sapphire, gemstone, moon crystal. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. .gov. The arrow of Venus. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. Last one. In everyday terms, most blank are extremely humanitarian and often involved in social programs that assist others. It's got to be Dustin. Look at he's assisting others right now. It's got to be Aquarius. It is Aquarius. Yes. It is Aquarius. But it sounds so similar to the other ones. Yeah. Yeah. I think we've proven that astrology works. It's the thing. <laughs> it's correct. <laughs> I mean, it definitely, definitely uh, makes me feel good. Yeah. You know, we set out to disprove astrology, but in the end, 
you know. You know, I think maybe astronomy's not even real, right? Like yeah. maybe <laughs> you, have, you have no idea. I told you I'm an astronomer. You haven't seen my papers. And if you did, you'd probably a lot of inconsistencies there. Yeah. Maybe the next talk I go to, you'll be up there showing me how I'm incorrect. <laughs> Um, well, thank you so much for being on the podcast. This thank was you so for much having fun. me. This was yeah. really fun. I'm glad I could. Uh, I'm glad I could uh, talk about how horrible scientists are. Don't date them, is what I. <laughs> uh. <laughs> if someone was to Google Dr. Kevin Hayline, Hayline, would they be able to read your papers? And... You'd, well, you, you'd find my, my my academic website. You could read my CV, and and you could again find my papers. They're all there. Um, I also am. Are you uh, on Twitter? I'm on Twitter, but it's under this horrible. Uh, it's in this horrible word. It's, it's the word Rubik's Cube spelled like it's, it's because because I was 14 and made this and like it's been the thing that I've, I never thought that I would ever have to give this out to anyone. But mm. it's spelled R-U-B-I-X-S-Q-U-B-E. I mostly use it to just make really dumb jokes and be a jerk. Um, but I'm also on Instagram under my name, Kevin Hainline, which is a lot easier to find me there. But, Excellent. Um, but like I'm on the internet. And if you Google me, you'll find the Twitter. I'm pretty sure Google has figured out everything about me. You'll also <laughs> find all sorts of other horrible things about me, like my uh, unabiding love for Nintendo. It's the worst. Oh, that's great. Oh, yeah. What's your favorite Nintendo game? Um, it's a game called uh, Yoshi's Island. It's Super Mario World 2. came out for the Super Nintendo. It's a really, really good game. Awesome. I think it's the best Mario game, but people are going to disagree with me. Pretty, pretty anyway, um, yeah, <laughs> look me up on the internet. Um, I, uh, I like science, and I like talking about science, and I like <laughs> things as well. He likes science, everybody. Yeah. All right, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's the show, everybody. Uh, thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can email me at thisfeelsterrible at gmail.com. Uh, find me on Twitter at Aaron McGathy. Uh, thanks for listening. I love you guys. Look at the stars. McGath attack. <laughs> Peace, cakes. Adios. Pros. Lowe's wants to help you keep working. That's why we're open for pro business hours 6 to 7 a.m. Monday through Saturday. You'll find the quantities you expect with dedicated pro associates and loaders to help you get what you need fast and load you up curbside. Now, more than ever, we know you need to win every single bid. You can count on Lowe's for special values on pro-trusted brands and savings when you buy in bulk. Save yourself a trip by shopping Lowe'sforpros.com, where we can ship thousands of items to your doorstep or to the job site. Lowe's is open and pro-ready.